Welcome to The Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. How's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week. This is episode number 122. I hope everybody's having a good week out there. We're having a great week over here at the Drum Shuffle World Headquarters. Uh, as we do most weeks, uh, it's usually pretty laid back around here. Um, you know, just trying to get back into uh, that post holiday groove, back to work. Uh, doing all the good stuff, uh, you know, uh, hoping and praying for a change in this whole global pandemic situation so we can all get back to some gigs and some live music. Uh, that's what we're all hoping for. We have a great episode for you today. I'm going to be joined by one of Nashville's hottest young and up and coming drummers, Stefan Chapeau, right after this message from our sponsor, Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Los Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Los Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, uh, our guest this week on the Drum Shuffle uh, is a young fellow down in Nashville. He's been there a few years now, uh, but Stefan Chapeau grew up in Tampa, Florida, and made the move to Nashville uh, to try to do some, you know, full-time work. Uh, and we discussed that decision-making process. When am I ready to move to a larger city uh, to continue my drumming career? And Stefan um, is, first of all, he's one of the busiest guys in Nashville. Uh, but, you know, he felt like he had reached a peak uh, in his native Florida, you know, he was doing all the gigs. He wanted to expand his horizons. So he went to Nashville. And I've been following Stefan for quite some time through social media channels. 
And he is just building, building, building his career and his portfolio in Nashville. And I thought it would be very insightful for all of you guys to hear from him. He truly is one of the great up and coming drummers in the Nashville scene. And I know you're going to get a lot out of this. So please help me welcome my friend to the drum shuffle, Stefan Chapeau. Hey, happy new year, Stefan. How are you, brother? Good. How are you, Jamie? Man, I can't complain a bit. Uh, so, uh, lots of gigs over the New Year's holiday for you, I take it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, you know, as crazy as this year has been and, and how slow things have kind of, um, you know, been this past year for everyone. It, it really hasn't slowed down uh, as crazy as it sounds for me. You know, I've been uh, doing a lot of uh, studio stuff uh, over the quarantine time. Uh, I took the time and, and money into investing in a recording rig for my house, um, putting that all together and uh, digging into that. And so that kind of entertained my time of downtime. And then it just kind of picked back up again with gigs slowly but surely. And yeah, so it's, it's been great. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I know that you know, Nashville is one of those weird places where, you know, if if you're a road artist, you know, you're touring 200 nights a year, that has pretty much shut down completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially but, tier one level. Yeah, exactly. But if you're playing there locally, I mean, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, and we're not going to get into, you know, COVID protocols or, or whatever, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot of the, the venues have stayed open through this. So working musicians have continued working for better or for worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild, but you know, we, of course they're following regulations and, and, um, you know, what the mayor's asking, you know, as wild as it may be, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're staying safe and um you know it's it's staying consistent for us that way we can still make a living and and be able to feed our families and and not have to sit here and struggle so it's it's definitely a blessing yeah man for sure for sure well so as is kind of our tradition here on the drum shuffle let's let's back up let's rewind a little bit and you know let's tell all of our listeners how you know where you grew up and and how you got into drumming you're a florida native originally correct Okay. So how did you get into uh, drumming and, and music? Do you come from a musical family? Uh, yes and no. Uh, my mom, um, yes. Uh, my dad, no. Um, uh, my mom played in marching band and did chorus and stuff. Um, she was mainly a singer and then did clarinet and oboe and stuff, um, you know, for marching band and concert band. And so that's kind of where my mom's side of the family is where more of the musical talents and, uh, gifts come from. Okay. Um, and uh yeah and then my dad's more of kind of like the hands-on hard worker you know he's a he's a master mechanic and um you know does big machinery stuff and i kind of learned my my uh my kind of driving you know kind of effort of pushing forward and going you know through obstacles from his side of like you know pushing hard and working hard and so it kind of i kind of got the best of both worlds um from you know their both kind of lifestyles Sure, sure. Well, so did you start playing at an early age or was it more of, you know, school band, things like that? Or were you a kid that, you know, got into rock and roll uh, early on and started begging for a drum set or, or both? It's pretty wild. Yeah. Like I remember having, I remember having music in the house, you know, um, you know, with, 
cassettes and stuff, and my mom had a huge cassette collection. I remember just opening that up and just starting to dig into stuff, like, when I was younger. And I really, I think the first kind of sign of me getting excited about drums was I, I learned in church. So I remember going to youth group, um, and uh, I, I just remember standing out in the audience when they were doing worship, and I was just looking back at the drummer, um, and I just I just was just you know, excited, and, and I had this kind of pit feeling in my stomach that I was like, I just feel like that's kind of what I want to do, you know, yeah. and um, that same drummer actually ended up being my first drum instructor, and uh, I took lessons for about a year, um, and we actually ended up, we would just go to the church, and uh, we would close the curtains on the stage, and he would have, he had this awesome kid, I just remember his first time sitting down at the drums, like he, I think it was two up, two down, or, you know, two up, one down, it's something like that of configuration, and, um, you know, a bunch of symbols around, and I just remember it just, it was, as everybody I'm sure felt, it was just like a space station kind of feel, you know, I just, <laughs> I, was, I felt like I was in another world, and I was just like, man, this is awesome, like, yeah. you know, just, there's so many things that you could sit there and hit, and, you know, uh, mess with, and so that kind of feeling right there, I was just immediately hooked. Um, and I, yeah, I took lessons for a year. Um, and then, uh, after that, he just kind of told me, Hey, just go, you know, go on YouTube, start exploring, you know, and, uh, and start digging into stuff, you know, read books, uh, you know, watch, watch live, you know, performances and just kind of just, just get excited about everything. And that's exactly what I did. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, 17 years later, um, here I am playing professionally and, and, um, yeah, made the move to Nashville, and yeah, and yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. Well, so now, did you do marching band and and all that good stuff as well? Yep. Okay, all right. So yep. did, did it all throughout middle school, high school. I did um uh, uh kind of like a choir ensemble. It was it was called Showcase, um, and uh, we had uh, nine singers, and uh, and then there was a, a six piece band. We had like brass players and. And, um, you know, we were, we were a show choir and, uh, yeah, so I did that. That's what really, that was kind of really a big fundamental moment for me, but uh, along with marching band, um, and, uh, you know, teaching me to work in a group format, to be a team player, to follow direction, to, you know, we were doing covered songs and tribute songs and, and, um, and then, uh, same with marching band, uh, taught me very much discipline. Um, you know, if I, I still, I always have a really good, uh, internal metronome in my head just from that metronome in the back of the field, just, dun, 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 you know, you can just, <laughs> yeah. you can just hear it, you know, every time that I get behind a kit now, you know, I just have a, I, I could just hear it clicking in my head and I, I just count the song off and I'm ready to go. And, and then when you add a metronome to that, you know, of, of any sort of gig that you're playing, you know, whether it's tracks or, you know, um, Dr. Beat, whatever the case may be, you know, it just adds to that, that solid, you know, kind of feel of a song. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think guys that do marching band, they kind of have that, you know, the, the, what you referred to the field metronome, it's just drilled mm -hmm. into their brain, you know, yep. for hours and hours and hours. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, and, and the chops are obviously always there, you know, the rudimentary yeah. chops, you know, so that's cool. Now, um, you and I have kind of followed each other on social media for quite some time now. Um, it, mm -hmm. it's been a long time, but I remember seeing in, I, I can't remember if it was Facebook or Instagram or where it was, but one of your profiles said that you worked for um, Bush Gardens. So I'm assuming you played music at 
at the amusement park? Is it, it, it was that the yep. same show choir or was it a different scenario? That was that was my first professional um, job as a as a drummer, a working drummer, um, and that was. I didn't go to college for music or anything. Um, I went for a semester, and I was actually going to study fire science. Um, and uh, I was going to become a firefighter. And um, I went for a semester, got all A's and B's, which was crazy because in high school I just completely sucked. Uh, it was I had no I had no really um, need or want to excel in, in in classes. I just wanted to get to band class and uh, yeah. start playing music again. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so I, I started, you know, going to college and then I got a reach out. I got a reach out from, um, a piano player, um, who did a company stuff for when I was in high school for the choir and stuff. And he was the music director at the church that I was attending at the time, Lake Magdalene. And he reached out to me over Facebook and said, Hey, you know, you've been graduated for a year. Um, we need a worship drummer for our contemporary service at the church here. And uh, at that point, after I graduated in 13, I hadn't played in, it was a little over a year. And I remember just waking up every day, just miserable, and I was groggy, and I was just, and anybody that was around me, I feel so sorry for anybody that was around me because I was so miserable. And uh, and so uh, I wasn't happy, and I knew exactly what I wasn't happy about, but I didn't know how to fix it at the time. And, uh, you know, thank God that, you know, uh, Joey Harries is his name, and he reached out to me. And uh, that's how I kind of got started being introduced into playing again after graduating and being so busy with marching band and middle school and, you know, going through that whole experience of growing as a musician through, you know, education. And uh, so that led to me playing in worship, you know, uh, every Sunday and, you know, playing in a team format again and, and then uh, things just kind of started escalating and kind of things just you know started getting more and more busy for me again and uh, and then I made the connection through Bush Gardens um, went and auditioned um, for the parks um, and I got it um, off of a whim it was really close because my you know my reading notation was not up to par as it should have been, um, and that required that gig specifically required a lot of reading, um, drum charts, and you know um, just charts in general um, for the tribute shows, and you know because you have to be spot on with those. Um, you know, you're you're when you're doing those tribute shows and those era shows, you have to be pretty consistent every time, especially with. You know, we, we did like Frankie Valley, you know, tributes and, um, um, you know, 80s tributes, you know. So it was, you're, you're sitting there dedicating your playing to, to others that did it before you. Um, and, and if you're not on par and, uh, and doing it justice, then, you know, why are you doing it at all? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so it, that was that whole experience for me was my college degree, I would say. Um, you know, I was playing with, with cats that played an original, you know, Broadway productions. I was in a brass band there that, you know, there was a trumpet player that played in the original production of uh, Phantom of the Opera, um, you know, and uh, there was a saxophone player. Um, he, uh, he played for Frankie Valley back in the day. Um, and I was playing with these guys uh, that have been doing it for 
half of their life. And, um, and I was just a young buck, you know, 21 year old just coming in there. And, uh, I, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. And I, it was that humble experience of those older guys telling me, Hey, you're not as good as you think you are. You know, and, and don't, <laughs> don't put all your cards out on the table, you know, when you're, you know, right off the beginning. And I was sitting there, you know, coming out of high school, like you said, with the chops from marching band and stuff and, and just throwing all the fills that I could every eight bars, you know, and every 16 bars that I could of just, you know, it was almost like a, song full of drum solos and yeah it was it was a very humbling experience for them to sit back and tell me like hey man like slow down yeah well i think a lot of people don't realize you you know i i think a lot of people that are in the know about music when they go to a theme park or an amusement park and they see the 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 bands right the musical Mm -hmm. entertainment they're like oh this is kind of cheesy um you know that's that's kind of the first reaction what people don't realize is how good you have to be. Like, you know, I, I know some guys that played at Disney and they were like, you know, I would be, you know, at three o'clock, I would play in a rock band, you know, someplace. And then, you know, the guy that was in the Dixieland jazz band might have called in sick and I had to change costumes and go over there and yep. sight read a Dixieland jazz yep. <laughs> show, yeah, you know. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing that you mentioned that because I remember one time specifically, I was playing in um, that brass band that I was telling you about, and uh, and I remember I was in another show. Um, it was called Christmas from the Heart, and it was more kind of like gospel-driven, uh, based off because of, it was during the holiday season, and we were doing holiday shows at that point. And um, so I went from doing. I ended the. I did the downbeat, you know, for uh, the last note for the brass band, and I remember the the music director of the park came up in a golf cart and uh, I remember getting off stage and um, she was like, Oh man, our drummer didn't show up for the shift for Christmas from the heart. Something happened. We need you. I'm going to take you on this golf cart. We're going to go across the park and you're going to be doing both shows tonight back to back. So I remember, <laughs> I remember doing the brass band and then I would, then they would take me right off stage on the golf cart. I'd, I'd switch out of my uniform from that. And then I'd go put on my costume at Christmas from the heart and play the gospel show. And then it was back to back. I mean, I did, I think it was either four or five shows that night. And, uh, it was back to back the whole night. Cause we were, yeah, it was switched up schedule on the show, you know, time. So that was, it was a wild night. I have some crazy stories from that, from me playing, playing at that park. And it was just amazing stories and amazing times. And I had so much good memories from that. And, and like I said, it was such a good, uh, you know, growing, developing time for me since I didn't, since I didn't go and get a music education per se, you know, from college. So, yeah, well, I mean, not everybody goes and gets that, that musical education from college mm-hmm. and that, that doesn't preclude you from being, you know, an A-list player. It, it really doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I just think that for most guys, it's about playing as much as you can. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether that's at Bush gardens or, you know, the club scene in, you know, Chicago or, or Austin or wherever it's at, you just need to play in as many different situations as you possibly can. And, and you know, that, that whole paying of dues sort of, sort of thing. But you learn so much from playing in all those different situations. You can't help but progress as a player when you're thro- <laughs> thrown into all those different situations, right? Yeah, perfectly said. Yeah, it's, it's, as crazy as it seems, um, you know, it's, it's completely true. You know, you sit here and you, 
you have those moments to where you you look back at things and you're like, wow, you know, you look at your history of, of playing and, and where you've come from and like how you've kind of gone up in this business. And, you know, everyone knows this is one of the toughest businesses in the world. You know, you sit here and you try and navigate things and then you get let down some corridors and then some doors shut and you're like, okay, I thought I was going to go through that path, but I guess not now. So then you keep going down and you're like, okay, well, uh, I guess I'll go this direction and see if it works out, you know, and, and then it doesn't. And you're like, okay, well, back to square zero again, you know, and then you're <laughs> – so it's it's wild, man. You know, it's it's an up-and-down roller coaster, as everyone knows, that's in this business. And, you know, it's, it's hard to navigate. But at the end of the day, when you are successful and you are doing what you love – that's really what it just comes down to. You know, you just have to be appreciative and and, um, and just stay grounded that you are doing something that not everyone can do. There's plenty of people out there working blue-collar jobs and jobs that kind of almost got chosen for them, whether it was, you know, what, what their parents were doing at the time and that led them in that direction. And, you know, it's different for everybody. There's so many people out there wanting to do what we're doing, um, and you just have to be appreciative of it. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you know, I've had so many, you know, guys and girls on this show that, you know, mm-hmm. I envy their careers and, and yeah. y- you know what I'm saying? But, y- you know, I mean, I've had people that were like, hey, I went to do a fill-in gig for X, whoever that mm-hmm. may be. And here I am 27 years later still playing for X, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. you know, you just never know which which of those doors, as you put it in your analogy, you never know which of those doors you walk through ends up being your career. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you just don't know. But, you know, so many different musicians have said, just say yes to everything. You know, you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll figure it out. Just don't, don't turn down a gig, go play the gig. You never know what might happen. And absolutely you you end up in a career that you love. Um, so after your time, you know, in Florida, I know that you played in a lot of different, you know, scenarios down there and I don't want to gloss anything over, but you know, a few years back, you made the decision to make the move to Nashville. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, why was that decision made? Do, do you feel like you reached your peak in Florida and, and you needed more opportunities to, to really thrive? But, you know, tell us about your decision to, to make the move to arguably the most competitive musical landscape on earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you nailed it right on the head. Um, it was, it was a tough, but um, fulfilling option and, uh, and move for me. Um, of course I had second thoughts. Of course I was scared. Of course, you know, especially being born and raised that I'd never moved anywhere else. Uh, that was all I knew. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, it, you, you called it right as it, as it was, you know, I, I was doing the same thing every day. And, um, although I was appreciative, I didn't see myself excelling, past more than what I was doing at the time. You know, I saw, I saw guys around me that were doing the same thing I was doing, but 30 years into it, you know, and I I saw myself getting complacent and I saw myself, um, getting, um, just, you know, just in the same spot, you know, and I wanted to keep excelling forward. And there's not, you know, it's not to say that those guys that are doing it still aren't 
doing it successfully and aren't making the, they're making a wrong choice. You know, it was just for me personally, I had to make a decision to, to, you know, to, um, take a leap and of, of faith and, and of, uh, you know, just craziness, you know, because like you said, this is the toughest and, you know, um, most, you know, competition driven city in, in the country. Um, you know, along with New York and LA and, and all those, you know, staple cities that are music driven. Um, you know, I, I didn't see myself moving to LA. It just wasn't for me. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't see myself moving to New York, uh, yet again, wasn't, just wasn't my forte. Um, and I figured this was the closest to what I was comfortable to, um, weather wise and just kind of overall, you know, um, just seen, you know, still being in the South and stuff. So that was, um, that was my choice. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, my first kind of, um, thoughts of doing it was through Jim Riley, actually, um, good buddy of mine. And, and he was my, he's actually, uh, my instructor here in Tennessee now. And, um, I, uh, started networking with him and, uh, and also John Hall and Rich Redman from the Aldine camp and, yeah. uh, started reaching out to them through the in-ear company that I use, Dream Ears. Um, Mitch Markham down there custom makes all those for all the guys in town and I got their contacts through him. So I started networking with, uh, John and Rich and, um, so I started making contacts here and started talking with them and, uh, eventually progressed into me having the ideas of moving here now. And, uh, it, as wild as it may seem, I, I got in a car accident, um, the year before I decided to move here. It was a few months when I finally made the decision to pull the trigger and, uh, it put me in the hospital for about a month. Um, and, uh, I wasn't able to play for that whole time and I was still doing full-time music, you know, right before I moved and, um, I, uh, messed up my wrist and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I had to rehab from it and, and get back to full health again. And, and I was supposed to be doing a camp on one of, uh, Jim Riley's camps up here that he hosts. And, um, it was on the weekend of my birthday. It was crazy, but I was supposed to come up here and, uh, I drove, drove home late one night and, and a lady came across the, the street and the median and, and I collided with her. And, uh, yeah, it was a wild experience. And, and, um, uh, I ended up having to reschedule with Jim, uh, for a later date. And actually when I rescheduled is when I had moved up here at that point. So it actually was, it worked out pretty well, but, um, yeah, I remember I was supposed to be staying with John, um, and uh, I called him, and, you know, I was like, hey, man, I know you saw what happened, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to come up there now, you know, and um, so he was like, man, you know, with all that negativity going on down there, you know, and with everything going on, you know, why don't you just, you know, move up here, you know, and, and just get a fresh start and and uh, just see what happens, you know, and I was like, well, I mean, if it's better time than, you know, now, I mean, I might as well. Yeah. So, um, started making plans and, you know, my girlfriend, now wife, um, you know, she was going to be going to New York to stay with her dad at the time. And, uh, you know, I was going to, you know, I was like, well, if we're going to do a long distance kind of thing, I might as well move, you know, to, um, you know, a city that I want to, you know, try and make something happen. In. And, uh, you know, that way, you know, we're still moving at a forward progression and, um, you know, but, but also staying consistent, you know, with each other. So, um, 
yeah, so that's kind of how it started. You know, I, I I ended up moving up here. I moved to Clarksville at first and was doing that commute over from Clarksville because my, my folks actually live over there. They moved here a few months before I did and uh, got to stay with them so I didn't have to worry about rent or anything, and, and that was a blessing, you know, more than I could ever imagine because um, that's what a lot of guys' demise is when they move here is that, you know, rent alone just yeah. eats you alive in this city. Um, so that was a huge help for me. Um, so I was doing that commute and, uh, just started, you know, networking. And then I ended up getting on with drum paradise with, uh, Harry McCarthy. Yep. And, uh, I started, I started doing cartage for all the session guys around town and, uh, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride so far. I've been here about four years um, and, uh, I don't know if you want me to stop and, and, uh, recollect, but yeah, I can, I, you know, or keep talking about my, you know, four year adventure here and I'll ramble on for hours. Well, no, no, no. And I mean, I think it's great information because I mean, that, that's one of the big questions that I get a lot from listeners. They're like, you know, I, I mean, obviously I never made the move to LA, New York or Nashville. I've stayed in mm-hmm. central Kentucky and and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm only about three hours up the road. So, you know, if if I want to go to Nashville to work, if somebody asks me to come down and do some work, I can, no problem. Um, you know, but I'm very comfortable here in the very low rent central Kentucky, <laughs> you know, so, so, but I think what's interesting about your story is there are so many guys and girls that, that move to Nashville that have not networked with somebody like Jim Riley from Rascal Flats, right? Mm-hmm. Or or Rich Redmond from, you know, Jason Aldean's band and, you know, uh, who has done probably, oh, I don't know, 40,000 sessions in Nashville <laughs> over the last yeah. 25 yeah. years. I, I, mean, think you're, I think you're shy balling it there. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I mean, wild. yeah, I mean, Rich is a buddy of the show, you know, I mean, he's been on mm-hmm. before and, you know, I mean, he was just one of those guys that when he got there, I mean, he just worked. And I mean, yep. when I say worked, yep. I mean, he never said no to anything. Right. Yep. I mean, yeah, even if it was like a circus act, like, you know, playing behind jugglers. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing the stories that he has of the gigs, you know, his track rest, like track history of gigs that he's had. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, so you had a couple of you know, pretty heavy hitters in the industry that you had networked with. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a big thing. If you move to Nashville and you literally know absolutely no one, it's mm-hmm. going to take you a while to establish a base and get yep. some gigs because yep. Nashville is very much a, a town of referrals. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. it really is. You, you have to know people to work and, you know, doing cartage for drum paradise. I mean, that had to be a huge foot in the door as well. If you're doing cartage for the studios, you're seeing people, you're telling them, Hey, I'm a drummer. You know, if, if somebody, you know, breaks their finger, call me. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. And even just getting a network with the the drummers that I'm doing cartage for, you know, you have Joe, Jerry Rowe, um, you know, uh, Miles McPherson, uh, you know, we were Dan Needham. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. You know, the the names that I got to, you know, Shannon Forrest. I mean, it's just we we did it for so many high profile players in town. Um, near Z. Uh, you yeah. know, it's just 
you know, so many heavy hitters that I was getting to sit there, you know, and, and, you know, we would, after the sessions were done, if we were able to get there in time before they left, you know, after they were done tracking, we would get to sit there, you know, and, and network with them and, and talk with them and get in front of them and, you know, and introduce ourselves. And, you know, so it was just amazing experience, you know. Um, I, I, I'm so glad that I got to do that. And uh, um, it was such a helpful tool for me when I first moved to town of getting to understand what this business and industry looked like on a professional, high-profile level and, um, and what it took for me to, to be able to, to meet those expectations. Yeah, well, and, and, and I mean, I think, I think you said it all right there, the expectations, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard to explain to somebody that, that has not worked in the Nashville scene. It's different than any other scene anywhere on earth. I mean, it really yep. is. Um, and the expectations in Nashville are very different than the expectations in L.A., or New York. Yep. Um, yep. It's just in Nashville, time is money. There, there is no. <laughs> yeah, how do I say this? There is no. Hey, let me let me try this on this next take. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's like no, yeah. no, no. You you'd better have your crap together when I hit. You know, when the red light comes on, you get one yep. shot, son. You get one yep. shot. Um, yep. so it's, it, it, it is different, but you know, you mentioned Jerry Rowe in there. Um, you know, Jerry's a, a good friend and, you know, has been on the show in the past. And I mean, mm-hmm. you want to talk about somebody that can literally do anything. I mean, he's done mm-hmm. records with, you know, just, you know, Rodney Crowell. And I mean, yeah. it just, he's on every, he's on every Luke Combs hit today. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, I mean, and then he has his own band friendship commanders, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with, with his wife, which is like this power sludge metal band and you know you you hear his playing with you know with somebody like rodney crow or like you said with luke combs and then you hear him play in this heavy heavy metal band and you go Mm -hmm. man what can't that guy do you know but you have to have that versatility in the nashville scene yeah, yeah, or else you'll just get trampled on, and they, you know you get chewed, chewed up, and spit out here very quickly. As as uh, as sad as that seems, um, you know if you don't if you don't adjust very quickly, and you aren't uh, you don't adapt to what you see around your surroundings, um, you, you're not going to be successful here. You know, as as tough as it sounds, you know, um, it's 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 very imperative for you to come here with the open mindset of, you know, I am not anywhere close to being where I should be, you know, there, it's, there's, you can't come here with an ego. You can't come here with pride. It's, it's, it's one of those things to where you have to be an open book. You have, you can't put up walls. It's an ever growing, you know, um, learning experience of just, just being a sponge, sucking up all the knowledge and, and excellence around you and, and taking that in and using it to your own advantage in your own way, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think I think what you're saying, and, and I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but you can't approach um, opportunities there as I do what I do and they're going to like it because they hired me because of, of whatever that is. I, I do yep. what I do. You're, you're going to get direction and you have to be able to take it. You really... Exactly. You have to be adaptable in the professional studio setting in Nashville, Tennessee. You really do. Mm-hmm. And 
And that's probably a really good reason why I don't live there. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I'm not that good to, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I just, I'm not that adaptable and that's okay because, you know, I'm twice your age and <laughs> you, you know, but I, I always find it interesting when young guys move to Nashville and they start finding success. I, I you know, nobody's rooting for you more than me. I promise you that it's like every time somebody goes and makes a name for themselves, it's like, that's how it's supposed to work. Way to go. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing because especially nowadays, you know, it's, it's twice as hard as it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, even, you know? Um, so, you know, for me being such a young player and, and pushing and, and striving for, for very tough goals, you know, um, I'm just glad to even get to the point that I'm at right now in this, in this business, you know, um, you know, just, just playing and having a consistent schedule to where I'm, I'm being able to feed my family off of what I'm doing for, for a living, you know? Um, so for that point, I'm, I'm very pleased and happy to begin with. Of course I have continued goals and, and, pushing, you know, the boundaries of what I think I can do or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I'm, I'm just even more pleased at, at where I'm at right now, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I know you're, I know you're staying busy and you're playing in a lot of different musical situations, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know when you got to town, you, you played in churches and whatnot, but I mean, I, yep. I, know, I know that you just wanted to play, you know, I just, yeah. I'm here, I'm here to play. I want to play, but you know, catch everybody up on some of the musical, um, you know, acts that you're currently playing with. I know that you kind of have one main gig and, and doing all kinds of, you know, hired gun sort of stuff, but talk to us Mm -hmm. about the different situations you're playing in currently. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my main, my main artist gig right now is, uh, Rick Monroe, uh, monster energy artist. Uh, you know, he started out as the Jägermeister guy in town. Um, he, it's crazy how he started out because he started out tier one, you know, he was at the very top, you know, traveling with Randy Hauser and Eric Church and all these big names. And, um, you know, now he's kind of gone back to the drawing board, you know, of, of dropping Jägermeister off his title and, um, you know, starting from, you know, the trenches and going up through growing up, you know, in, in the business now, you know, and, uh, and now he's back to being very successful artist and, um, you know, keeping our schedule very busy, even through the pandemic, you know, as of two weeks ago, we were in Minnesota again, playing at a, playing a casino gig, you know, and, um, so even during the tough times, we're still traveling and, and having good work, you know, um, so that's that's my main one, and, and he's actually recently. Um, I just actually did a session earlier, um, and uh, I, I'm actually uh, on his uh, upcoming new record that he's putting together. He's putting an EP together, and then and then he's going to be releasing an album uh, later on. But I, I'm actually I've, I'm on four tracks of that now. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's having me he's having me on the sessions too now, um, which is great, and um, and. Yeah, I'm very thankful and happy for that, and that's that's going really good for me. A um, couple other names that I've gotten to play with, uh, Matt Poling, a great artist. If uh, you want to look him up, he's a phenomenal songwriter. Um, speaking of phenomenal songwriters, Mike Riley, another guy I've played with. I've done a lot of acoustic gigs. Um, you know, hey, drummers, Cajon isn't as bad as it seems. Uh, <laughs> I've made a lot of money playing Cajon gigs. Uh, 
uh, for for songwriter rounds and stuff. Uh, it's put a lot of food on my table. Um, shout out to JBC Cajones uh, in North Carolina. Um, check those bad boys out. There, uh, that'll make you love Cajon very quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, those two artists were awesome. Have been awesome for me. Um, Jimmy Charles is another one, uh, American Idol um, contestant. Uh, that I've gotten to travel with a lot this past year, um, past two years, actually, um, and playing in town as well. Um, great artist. So, yeah, I mean, I can go on and on, but, uh, yeah, great. I love all the artists in this town. They're, they're so, there's so many, you know, just great names that are doing great things in this town that, you know, get kind of overlooked because of, of the, you know, mentality of, you know, big or not you know, um, household name or not. So there's just so many artists in this town that are doing great things and, and, and are great songwriters. And, and, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy doing the original artist kind of gigs. You know, I, I, I love going downtown, having fun, getting to play with awesome musicians, you know, on Broadway. But I, I prefer doing the original, you know, artist gigs of going out and, you know, um, getting on, you know, the six pa- six passenger bus, um, you know, vans <laughs> yeah. and, and just grinding, you know, I, I, I'm more preferential of doing those kind of gigs <laughs> since I've moved to town. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but, you know, I, I often say if you go into any restaurant in Nashville, you know, the guy or girl that brings you your cheeseburger is probably the best guitarist, singer, drummer that you've never heard of because the the talent there is crazy. But, and I'm going to show my age, but years and years ago, this is probably 20 years ago. Um, my wife and I, you know, we had only been married a short time. We spent a long weekend in Nashville and I went to see an old friend of mine down on printer's alley playing down there, uh, Stacy Mitchart great blues Mm -hmm. guitarist from Cincinnati, but his band was playing at a little place on printer's alley. So we went to go check out his band. And at the end of the night, the girl that had brought me my beer all night long, my waitress, he got her up on stage to sing. And I was like, Holy crap. That girl can sing tore the roof off. It was, (laughs) it was Gretchen Wilson. Nice. So, you know what I'm saying, became one of the the biggest female stars of the early 2000s. And she was a a waitress in a bar on Printer's Alley. So, I mean, it's you just you just never know. So, you know, kudos to you for getting out there with those singer songwriter types, because, again, every door you walk through in your corridor, you never know which one is going to blow up. Who could be the next Taylor Swift, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the next, um, you know, Keith Whitley or, or whomever. It's amazing mm-hmm. the amount of talent down there. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. So so what is on the horizon for for 2021 for you, uh, Stefan? I mean, obviously, nobody knows when the touring will resume, really, like full mm-hmm. force. But, you know, what are you working on? You know, what is penciled into your calendar so far for this year? Um, as of right now, pretty open. You know, I, I think I think this year is going to be, it feels very good to me. Like even, you know, the other day, you know, uh, yesterday, actually, you know, being the first day of the new year, um, you know, 
it, it was amazing. It was beautiful out. Absolutely beautiful. You know, clear blue skies. Um, at least here it was. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's just so, such a hopeful kind of sight to see. You know, like this, this past year has been just such a nasty, you know, just hell of a time for everybody. And uh, I just thought that was such a kind of like, you know, foreshadowing moment of just a hopefulness, you know. So as of right now, pretty open. You know, I have my, you know, here and there gigs downtown. Um, like I said, you know, doing a lot of session stuff at home, which is great, you know, tr tracking at home. Um, uh, but I also just recently got into working for Innervative Percussion. Um, I uh, just started with them about a month ago. Um, phenomenal company, phenomenal people to work with. Um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, their craftsmanship is unreal. Um, second to none. And, um, and that's, that's really been a new venture for me this, this year, um, that I've kind of adapted into getting, you know, with quotations, a blue collar job because I get to work around drumsticks and mallets and stuff all day still and get to be surrounded around, you know, products that I, that I use every day to make music. So that was a big goal for me was if I was going to do a job here, um, I still wanted it to be involved in what I'm doing, you know, long, long term. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, you know, a lot of people outside of the Nashville sphere, you know, innovative percussion doesn't you know, I, I, it doesn't ring a bell with them. Everybody knows, you know, Vic Firth and Vader mm -hmm. and, and, you know, Promark and all that stuff, but, yep. you know, in innovative uh, really has been a staple in the Nashville scene for many, mm -hmm. many years now. And, you know, a, a lot of the guys, you know, the, the Nashville guys are, you know, playing innovative sticks. Right. And, mm -hmm. You know, yep. it's it's a very well respected company down there in Nashville. Um, you know, so uh, congratulations on that gig. And you know, Thank you. I, I I think it's just really important for folks to understand that there are always going to be lean times when you're trying to play music for a living. Mm -hmm. I yep. don't, I, you know, I don't care how good you are, you're always going to have a period of like, yeah, this is bad. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at this past year alone. Yeah. I mean, you have you have those big name guys that we were talking about earlier. You know, they're they're even going to. I, I saw Donnie Marple with uh, Lee Bryce. He started a uh, window washing company now. You know, um, just just we're we're all grinders. You know, you have to be grinders. You know, you could be playing the most high profile gig, and you and your your year has gotten rocked this past year. Um, everyone's has. And uh, you have to, you know, like I said earlier, about a adaptation and just adapting to your surroundings, you know, not sitting around and just taking the, the, the ass whooping, you know, um, and, and just, you know, sitting there and, and adapting and, and making things work for what the situation and, you know, with that you are dealt with and making lemonade out of lemons, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've all got brothers and sisters that are, you know, driving Uber Eats and working landscaping gigs, you know, in 2020, it's, it's, it's hard times for everybody. And it's, yeah. it's not just the musicians, it's the, you know, the lighting technicians and the electricians. Mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. I, I mean, yeah. just the whole industry was decimated last year. And, yep. you know, I just kudos to you for, for grinding it out, man. And, and keeping on, keeping on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so 
Yeah, it's, it's been tough, but you know, you got you just got to stay positive. It's it's about having a positive mindset and and enjoying what you do have, um, and and just just sticking through it. You know, there's I've seen a lot of names leave this town this past year. Um, players from downtown to touring. You know that I've I've enjoyed their company of hanging out around town, and and now they've moved back home. You know because it's just it's this this city has become you know, very isolated and, um, and, and hard to na- even harder to navigate than it was before. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's led to a lot of people leaving that are, that are phenomenal musicians that they could have had a pathway or a direction to success. And, and now, you know, I, I, it, you know, whether they move back here when things pick back up again, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, yeah, very tough. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I, I'm rooting for you, brother. I really am. And, you know, you're, you're going to have to keep us posted on, you know, everything that's going on and, and, you know, keep us up to speed on, on your adventures as we follow your uh, career to its heights that are undoubtedly, yeah. you know, down the road. Um, so, you know, please keep me posted on everything that's going on and, and we'll have you back, you know, for sure, you know, to kind of, Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. Catch everybody up on what's going on. So, um, all right, man. Well, listen, as is our tradition, we always ask everybody for a good piece of advice. And, you know, I think your whole interview has been full of great advice for folks. <laughs> but, um, you know, if, if you could impart one piece of, uh, of advice on, you know, other musicians, other drummers, what would it be? Let's see. I think, I think the best one would be kind of relative and just kind of all around, you know, um, helpful would just be, you know, like I said, be an open book, you know, um, not only with who you are as your to yourself, but whenever you're in a professional environment, um, don't close yourself off to anything, you know, whether it's ideas or whether you think you hear something one way, if you're tracking, you know, or in a session with, with other players, you know, always be open to anything, you know, um, kind of the same concept of saying yes to all the gigs because as soon as you as soon as you shut yourself off and as soon as you shut yourself off and put up a wall um you kind of you close opportunities that could have happened or you close doors that could have opened for you you know and, and you kind of get known as being a great player and someone that can do their job but not to the fullest you know um, it's one of those things to where you can sit there and be the best you you can be or halfway best, you know. So it's it's just one of those things to where, you know, you have to stay consistently open and be ready to and willing to accept criticism and, and use it to your advantage and keep improving. And, uh, and, and you never know where it can lead you. I mean, it's just endless, endless heights at that point. Yeah, man, that's that's the juice right there, Stefan. It really is. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the groove juice. It, it is, man. I mean, that just it, it encapsulates exactly what it means to be a professional musician. It really does. I mean, um, you know, I, I I just I could go on for hours about the the times that I kick my own ass for not listening. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And it it took me you know, 20 plus years of playing semi-professionally to figure out, you know, sometimes it's not about the notes you do play. 
It's about the notes mm-hmm. you don't play, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. And, and, yeah, and less it, is more. Yeah, it's just, and you know, once I figured that out, it was too late for me, right? <laughs> Never too late, Jamie. Never too late. <laughs> too old. Too old to get in those five passenger vans, though. Let me tell you. <laughs> I completely feel you there. <laughs> you have I'm to have, 25, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, man. You have to have a good back to sleep in those things. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Stefan, man, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Um, real quick, before we let you go. Uh, give everybody the social media handles where they can look you up and, and kind of follow uh, your adventures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Facebook, it's uh, Stephan Chapeau, S-T-E-F-A-N, and then C-H-I-P-P-E-A-U-X. And then Instagram is S-C Drums and then four. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I just, I mainly do Facebook and Instagram. Um, I really don't try and dig in too much to any other social media stuff. There's just so many platforms nowadays. I mean, I have Twitter, but I never use it. So yeah, those are, those are the two main ones for me. Right. And then, uh, my, and my YouTube channel, I, I, I think it's just under, you know, Stefan Chapeau as well. Um, but yeah, I, I have a link and stuff in my in my Instagram bio and stuff that you can go check that out. Uh, there's not too much on there, but uh, yeah. All right, fantastic, man. Well, we're gonna send some folks your way, but seriously, keep us all posted on what you've got going on, and we'll have you back uh, later this year and and see how 21 shapes out for you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I love that. I thoroughly enjoyed this, and and thank you for doing this podcast for everybody. You know, for working drummers, for normal people that are just inspiring to play music. You know, you're you're doing great things. Um, I'm so excited this platform exists, and I'm and I'm honored that I that I was on here with all these amazing names you've had on this. Oh man, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, we just we just want to you know focus on folks that are that are you know making their way and having some success. And again different people define success different ways. You know, not every, mm-hmm. not everybody can be Peter Erskine or Marco Miniman or, you know, whomever. It, not everybody mm-hmm. can be at the very top of their genre. Um, you know, it, it takes all of us working and building the community that is drumming. And you're a big yep. part of that. So we're, we're glad to have you and we'll have you back anytime, brother. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome, man. You have a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Bye. All right, guys and girls, that's going to wrap up episode number 122 of the Drum Shuffle podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. We simply cannot do this without each and every one of you tuning in week in and week out to our show. We sincerely appreciate that. Uh, As I ask you every week, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen in to the drum shuffle. It really helps us to continue to grow. Give us a star rating, a review, a thumbs up, uh, whatever you can do to show your support uh, to the podcast. We would certainly appreciate that. The biggest thing you can do is share a link with a friend, and we appreciate those efforts as well. Uh, We do answer every single email that we receive here at the show. Our email address is thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com. And you can always find more information about me over at jamieeds.com. 
We have a lot of great guests coming up for you uh, in this new year. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. You're not going to want to miss any episodes that we have coming up over the next few weeks. So until that time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.